You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. AC out for the next couple of days. Should be back with us uh, soon, celebrating the birth of his baby daughter, uh, James Ham. Kind enough uh, to hang out here with us uh, today uh, as we gear up now with the uh, Phoenix Suns in the rearview mirror. The game of the century, uh, the one that everyone has had circled, uh, the one that J.J. Redick, I believe, will be at live uh, in a throne uh, at center court, um, the Sacramento Kings and the Indiana Pacers. And shout out to the Pacers. Their victory last night against the Los Angeles Lakers was just absolutely incredible. That game was over. The Crypto.com arena was celebrating. Like, that, that game was donezo. And then it wasn't. Uh, and they wind up, they, the Indiana Pacers, wind up uh, winning by one. But these are two teams, James, that are so similar uh, right now. I know people don't like to acknowledge a, a, a trade, at least in the short term, could work out for both teams. Now, it's going to be difficult to judge uh, the long-term effects of this trade anytime soon because it's going to have to result in DeMontis Sabonis being here long-term. And truth be told, it's probably going to have to result in uh, Monty McNair being here uh, long term as well, but in the short term, both of these teams are playing really, really well, and I imagine both of them are very, very happy uh, with the results of the trade made last February. No, I think they're very happy, and, and you know, like I always, I always talk about this too. Like people forget that when you traded Demarcus Cousins years ago, right? It was for. Uh, the number 10 pick in the 2017 NBA draft and Buddy Heald, and I think his second-round pick. The second-round pick ended up being Frank Mason. Mason. Um, that first-round pick is what they traded for uh, the 15 and 20, where they drafted Justin Jackson and, um, and Harry Giles. But the reason I bring this up is that people forget that when the Kings traded Marcus Cousins, they're right in the playoff hunt, Right. They're right smack dab in the playoff hunt. They were they came out of the All Star break, I think one game behind the Denver Nuggets in the standings. Right when they traded Cousins, they fell apart. And the reason I bring this up is because that was the final year that the the crazy draft pick from the JJ Hickson, Omri Caspi trade was still available for the Chicago Bulls who had traded for it to actually get that pick. So it was top 10 protected when, so if it was outside of the top 10, it would have gone to the Bulls. Well, when they traded Cousins, they were the 11th spot. By trading Cousins, they fell to, I think, number seven or number eight. Then all of a sudden they get this magical move up to number three and have the the bad swap with Philly, which puts them at number five. But the reason, I again, I bring this up is because some trades have a ripple effect that you don't really see at the, um, the immediate moment that it happens. But if it wasn't for that trade, the Kings wouldn't have had their pick that year, which, of course, becomes De'Aaron Fox. And so we can say that they only got Buddy Hield and the 10th pick, and a second rounder for DeMarcus Cousins, but realistically, they also got to keep their own pick in that 
and that's where they selected De'Aaron Fox. Uh, now, when I bring this back to what we're talking about now, by trading Buddy Hield and his extended contract along with uh, Tyrese Halliburton to match the deal with Sabonis, they also took back additional contracts that were expiring. Then they took one of those contracts, which was, of course, Justin Holiday, packaged it and moved it for Kevin Herter. And so by freeing up space in the the Buddy Heald trade, they didn't just in the Terrence, I mean, uh, Tyrese Halliburton trade, they didn't just get Sabonis. They also got a bunch of cap space that they went and used to go do something else with. And that something else is what you're seeing in Kevin Herter. They also did not have to give up a, a draft pick, which everyone thought that they would have to give a, a draft pick and something like that to go get a Sabonis, but you didn't have to. Uh, so again, this is one of those plays where it plays out much better long-term than what you think. It's not just Sabonis for uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. It's it's really at this point Sabonis and Herter and a first-round pick, a lottery protective first-round pick that you gave up for Herter in exchange for uh, for Halliburton and uh, and Buddy Hield. Yeah, the Buddy Hield aspect of it is important, and this is not a knock on Buddy Hield uh, at all. We'll never shy away from Shivano slander, but that's that's not what this is. Everybody knew at times he could shoot. He would be really inconsistent in his shot, but I think he needs a specific type of coach. Now, I don't know if that coach could be Mike Brown or not. I feel like he was done with his time in Sacramento. He was over the organization, and it's hard to really blame him for that. He seems to be doing really well this year. He has his buddy moments where he's, you know, three of 11 from the field and just so happens to be three of 11 from three at the same time. Like those, those moments are always going to be there for buddy, but overall he seems to be playing really well. He wasn't going to work here. And most importantly, that contract wasn't going to work here. And that's something that when you listen to the Jalen and Jacoby's and, 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 and the, you know, shoot, I know the dude knows basketball and he's, he's tuned in, but even when you listen to JJ Reddick and some of these other, you know, guys who are just over the top praising, you know, Tyrese Halliburton and slamming Sacramento for this trade to get off of the money that Buddy Heald was owed by Sacramento is so important to this team getting better you weren't going to get better with Buddy Heald. Even if he totally bought into Mike Brown, I don't think you were going to get better with Buddy Heald. So that is an under-discussed aspect of this trade that's so important. Yeah, and I'll even tell you the the other really strange dynamic here for Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald went from when he signed his extension, everyone in the league said, oh my gosh, what a great deal. Sacramento did such a great job in that negotiation buddy Hield is just absolutely pissed about the contract he got he was he was angry about signing a contract that he got with uh under with vladi divats right so he goes from being like this incredible deal a year and a half later he's an albatross that no one in the league will take on a year later oh my gosh the kings gave up buddy Hield as well in that trade I mean, like, it's the same contract the whole time that goes from being a great contract to the worst contract to a steal, and it's the same dude, the same contract. And it's just sort of the weird dynamic of this league. And for me, um, 
I, th- I think the biggest thing you brought up, maybe Mike Brown could have coached him. Rick Carlisle is, is coaching him right now, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like if anyone out there has ever worked in a kindergarten class or a first grade class, you probably know what I'm talking about. There's a teacher, like kindergarten teachers, first grade teachers, they're the most amazing things you've ever seen. Because what they can do is in the middle of teaching, they'll just say like somebody's name to catch their attention. And it, they'll throw a name out there like blah, 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 Johnny. And you see the kid look up, right? And it's a way of keeping someone engaged the entire time. Imagine coaching an NBA player for three years where you've got to do that the whole time, where he becomes like, I, I don't want to say like the biggest distr- distraction because it wasn't always like he was a problem, but still you're coaching him more than you're coaching everyone else. And it's one thing, you know, like Mike Brown is pulling aside Terrence Davis and having these conversations that, you know, where Terrence is making mistakes, but Think of if Terrence Davis was a 33 to 35 minute a game player that you had really no other option but to play. And and that's kind of what every other coach has had to deal with. Like they play within the confines of what they're dealing with here, but still the attention span of the player is not something that you can ignore. It's something that like it's a part of a distraction for, for a coach to have to deal with all the time. And so while I don't think Buddy was like some guy who caused all kinds of problems behind the scenes and was like a bad teammate or anything else, that doesn't mean that he didn't take extra like coaching and extra care and extra time away from things that you could have been doing to make your team better in other ways. Yeah, he. I don't think he was a cancer by any stretch of the imagination. I think he was well-liked, but I think he also wore on people in the organization. Yeah. Um, and I don't think his desire to no longer be in Sacramento was necessarily quiet. I mean, it's, it's funny. You talk about people's reaction. Oh, they also threw in, but they gave away buddy healed in this deal. Nobody was saying that when he was a Los Angeles Laker for like 17 minutes, like, it's not like it was the first time they tried to trade him. He was very publicly traded to the Los Angeles Lakers in front of the world, again, for like 17 minutes until uh, uh, the GM stepped in and said, no, 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 uh, let's go get Russell Westbrook instead. So it, 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 trading Buddy Heald was nothing new for Sacramento, but the reaction following the Tyrese Halliburton thing was funny. It's like, wait, why do y'all care about Buddy now? Y'all didn't care about him last draft day. Why are you so concerned about Sacramento moving on from him now? Well, even that, that plays into this, like this really weird dynamic of that, of Buddy Hield as like a great contract, a horrible contract, the worst contract ever. <laughs> All of a sudden he's being traded for Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell. You're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. That's not the value that anyone thought it was. And then once you got that deal fell apart, that was it. That was, was the no greatest deal. deal. That was the most amazing <laughs> Buddy Hield deal in history. And then it, it would all dried up and it was like, hey, there's nothing else there. You know, like people forget too. like even while we covered him, he aged an extra year. <laughs> like, like you forget, like the things that we like during the time that Buddy Hield is here. I remember I was sitting at home. I was watching uh, Doug and and Grant interviewing Buddy Hield before after a game and saying happy birthday to him and say, oh, yeah, yeah, what are you, uh, are you 25 this year? You go, oh, no, no, 26. And I'm like, 
Oh, that's not right. My buddy just said it. So I go in, I look, I open it up. I'm like, uh, buddy, he's not 26. He's 25. Ev, I looked everywhere. I, we even called like OU and tried to get their athletic department to like, look at what their records were. We're like, okay, what in the world just happened? So I walk into the locker room. Hey buddy, are you 25 or are you 26? He goes, I'm 26. And I'm like, why does everywhere in the world say that you're 25? He goes, well, I don't know. And I'm like, come on, man. You don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Like, it's, so as opposed to being a 23-year-old 20, uh, college senior, he was actually a 24-year-old college senior. Like, all of these things, you're like, oh, man, you forget about the Buddy Field <laughs> era of Sacramento Kings basketball. It was like, I don't even know what to say. Like, even that was such a strange shit. Oh, no. I, I'm 26. Like, oh the, the, the The chapter of this book is titled The Buddy Field Era. You just had to be there. <laughs> you just had to be there. So, I mean, I literally had to write a story, breaking news, that Buddy Hield was a year older than he actually was on it. <laughs> And then the Kings, oh, oh, yeah, we had seen his driver's license. We knew the whole time. Like, mm. it was the, the, the Sacramento <laughs> Kings were operating like a wrestling organization. Oh, it's just a work. It's, it's his name's not Buddy either. It's Shivano. It's no big deal. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back. Uh, James will tell us more stories about uncovering the ages of Sacramento Kings players during his career. Uh, we'll also talk. I'm tell you, I'm stunned. Uh, to find out that a uh, TV announcer with no uh, NFL coaching experience had no idea how to manage an end-of-game scenario. Just stunning. Uh, plus more Kings basketball on the way. Power rankings coming up. It's d one KC here on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. No, no, no. Back to D-Lo and KC. D-Lo and KC. On ESPN 1320. Shout out to our guy, KC, who I think is watching on the, 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 the stream somewhere. Um, hanging out, hold, 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 holding the little girl, uh, watching the stream. KC, appreciate you. Uh, James Ham here with us uh, as we gear up for uh, the game of the century tomorrow night at the Golden One Center. It sounded, uh, I did, you're aware, I didn't attend last night, it, 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 but it sounded like the arena was packed. And the arena was definitely responsive. Uh, to what was going on, I imagine it's going to be that times ten tomorrow night in, in against Indiana. Yeah, there were sixteen thousand six hundred fans last night, Man. and uh, so there were some tickets available. Um, but uh, even like DeAndre Ayton said, that was crazy. It was like a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Like the everyone is talking about the the fandom. I think Monty seven. Williams said something too. Um, or yeah. it might've been Devin Booker. Someone, someone else was talking about the environment and how it's a, it's a difficult place to play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I mean, what you're seeing is a team that, I mean, specifically they have a handful of players that are struggling when they go on the road because they don't have that same energy. Right. So you go to Atlanta and you got to make your own energy. You got to pack it in your suitcase and bring it with you. <laughs> um, cause they, they never draw at all. Like they never have a big fan base. Um, so I, I definitely think it's uh, it's one of those things where you need to ride the home court advantage, and the fact that they just won six straight at home is great. Um, but you know they need to have a like six like fifty win percentage at home to be successful to make the playoffs. Uh, that's because getting five hundred on the road isn't going to be easy. So like, how do you piece together these wins? And how do you get to 45, 50 wins? That's, you know, because that's what it might take uh, to get to the playoffs um, this season. You, you just never know. Uh, but I, I definitely think that, you know, the home crowd has been great. And I would love to see fans show up. And the Kings keep putting out deals, man. Go get some tickets. Like, yeah. I don't get anything for saying anything about selling tickets. But holy cow, like, they really do, uh, you know, put on a show like each and every night. Like it's fun. Like fans were rocking uh, last night. It was fun. The uh, yeah, they, they they had some great deals yesterday. I'm sure there'll be uh, plenty more here. You you were referencing what it might take to 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 get into the play. The Minnesota Timberwolves right now are in the 10th spot. They're 10 and 11. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks have slipped down quite a bit, uh, losing seven of their last 10. They're nine and 10 tonight. Uh, they've got an interesting one against the Golden State Warriors, who are surging uh, right now. It's, it's, it's some interesting TNT games tonight worth watching. Um, Golden State at Dallas and the Clippers at Portland. I, th- I think both of those are are really worth watching uh, tonight. And they're just kind of, speaking of the Minnesota Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns out um, the next four to six weeks with, I, I think it's been dubbed a calf strain. I don't know if that was the official diagnosis this morning. If you saw mm-hmm. it last night, it looked worse, and there was obviously a lot of fear that it was something substantially worse. Uh, thankfully, uh, it wasn't, and, and, and Carl Anthony Towns will, will be out the next four to six weeks. I actually didn't look to see uh, when the first time 
the Kings play the Timberwolves is. Um, but I got to imagine in the next four to six weeks, they, they got to play him at least <laughs> once. And I stand corrected. It is very possible that sometime over the next four to six weeks, the Timberwolves and the Kings never play each other. Really? They don't. They play Sacramento. They play uh, Sacramento twice, the uh, back-to-back, oh, well, consecutive games, the 28th and the 30th of January. January 28th and 30th. That's the first time that they play. They play again March 4th and March 27th. Boy, and those are back-to-back um, in? Well, where are those? Those are Yeah, uh, those are in Minnesota. Those 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 two games are in Minnesota. The two games at the end of January are in Minnesota. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're talking four to six, but I'm not convinced of that. So four to six. I mean, yeah. And I let's be you. honest. Um, that guy is never made a four to six. Um, he's been injured quite a few times, and you know he's motivated to play right now, which is good. Uh, so hopefully he does come back quickly. But and those uh, games would be in about week eight. So if the timeline yeah. did extend, that would that would make sense. And even if it didn't, depending on where this team is at, they, they you know they could kind of tiptoe them back. Like I, Jesse and I were talking before the show, this actually could be the shot in the butt that Minnesota needs. Not no disrespect to Carl Anthony Towns. I know he's a good ball player, but there's something about this team that's just off. And I wonder if him being out of the picture for a little bit, them knowing. He's out of the picture for a little bit. This puts Anthony Edwards. I don't know what it does for Rudy Gobert. I could have just been wrong on this whole thing with Rudy Gobert and the Minnesota Timberwolves. But it it might be interesting to see how Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert kind of settle into life for the next four to six weeks without Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, I think it also it opens the door for, for Edwards. It also opens the door for D'Angelo Russell to kind of step up and, and be better than he has been. Uh, he's been really quiet this season. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like someone says, addition by subtraction. I, I don't know if it's that as much as it as it is. Like sometimes going, pulling a piece out and getting guys going again, and then putting a piece back in can kind of reset what's happening. And and that's what I would look. It's at. like blowing uh, on the I, Nintendo I cartridge. Exactly. Yeah, smacking on your leg. Yeah, <laughs> and then blowing. In, yeah, it works. It's, yeah. it's the same. Yeah, yeah. Or for my generation, the Atari cartridge. Yes. So uh, on occasion, I needed to do that with uh, Pitfall. Pitfall. Um, pole position. Yeah. 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 Uh, Frogger. Frogger. Uh, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Centipede. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So. Anyway, yeah, I, I think that uh, like I was worried with Minnesota the whole time. Like I didn't like the trade at all, and it's. It's a trade that you can't get your money back on, you know? Yeah, like, like you're all in on this. Like you're 100% committed to it, and it's either going to work beautifully or you're going down in flames. Like there's no middle ground. You don't make this move to be marginally better. You make this move to be significantly better, and if you're not significantly better, it's a failure. And yeah, 21 they, games into it, it's a failure. Yeah, they thought they were making that move to be a championship team. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what they they believe they they were doing, but mm-hmm. that's not at all what it appears that they're doing at this point. So I'm gonna yeah, be watching them closely the next four to six weeks. Hmm. I know people yeah. hate Rudy Gobert. I don't know what that man did to so many people. It feels like the <laughs> NBA collected as much as the NBA universe collectively loves Tyrese Halliburton, they collectively hate Rudy Gobert. 
I do not know what that man did to the NBA universe, but they do not like him. And so I'm, I'm of the belief of uh, I, I, I'm not going to – I respect his game. Um, I don't know. I'll be watching them closely. If, the, if, if, if nothing gets on track here, I don't think it's going to. I think you'll, you, you and everyone else who doubted this trade, and, and a lot of you did, it, 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 if, if, if nothing comes about in the next four to six weeks, I think this whole thing was just a, a failure. Yeah, well, that and he's there for a long time, and yeah, he's got a, for a lot of money, money owed, and yeah. they gave up so many picks to get him and so many players to get him. I mean, it was a lot. And, you know, I, I know people bring up the COVID thing, right? Um, well, I, I love that the line is that Rudy Gobert started yeah. COVID. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I would actually he gave the make, whole NBA COVID. You know, this isn't like something that that like I'm not trying to start a, an argument, a political argument here about COVID. Um, but I'll just tell you that the moment that Rudy Gobert tested positive changed the world and may have saved a lot of lives. It very well could have saved well, uh, millions, millions of lives because it I, shut everything down i don't disagree i don't disagree at all i think people's annoyance with rudy gobert was he was the jackass who didn't take it seriously and when reporters were distancing themselves as instructed by the nba and everybody i believe what they did is they sat their phones and their microphones and the recorders and all of their post-game stuff that you guys have on the tables his smart ass touched it all and then he wound up being i think the term was patient zero and it's yeah. like, that's a, whether that's a coincidence, like whatever it is, it's now all of a sudden, because in the early stages of COVID, it was a lot scarier. And, the, and now you've got these reporters who are like, yo, he was all over my phone, my microphone, my <laughs> recorder. It's like, yo, what the hell is this? And I'll tell you, I know those people and three of them got quarantined with the Utah Jazz in their locker room the night that he that. tested positive yeah. in Oklahoma City. Yeah. They they were quarantined and the, you know so they were not happy with how that whole thing played out. But at the same okay. time, now I get why everybody hates Rudy Gobert. I forgot. Yeah. I just needed a refresher. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, it. he he did think it was a, a joke but also I I think that a lot of people just weren't ready to acknowledge that something was coming and we had no idea what it was and, and all that stuff. So uh, now we're at the end, the tail end of it, uh, at least it feels like. Um, but at that moment in time, it, it froze everything. I mean, it really did. It shut down everything. And think of all of the big events that would have continued to happen. I mean, that like two weeks later, we had was it my the- wife's birthday weekend set up uh, in, uh, for in May. Um well, maybe it was two months, month and a half later. Uh, but we had Lady Gaga on one night and uh, Gwen Stefani on the next uh, back-to-back concert nights in Las Vegas, and all of that was canceled. Um, but, I mean, it just like the whole world stopped, uh, and maybe it was a good thing at, the, at that point. Oh, man, to think about the things that we missed uh, during that stretch still. Still yeah. heartbreaking. Still heartbreaking. Um, but, hey, we're still here. Uh, we're healthy. We're happy. Uh, we just have to get a shot every 90 days or whatever they tell us to do to keep this thing moving. Um, we'll get back to uh, the Kings uh, and and uh, last night's game, the upcoming uh, game against the Pacers here in just a couple of minutes. Obviously, you were busy uh, at the Golden One Center last night. Did you get an opportunity to see the last, I think it was, minute 
in some change of the Steelers-Colts game? I, I did not. We were watching part of it. Maybe I did. Um, yeah, I mean, did Matt Ryan throw another ball just to no one? Uh, well, after, oh, yeah, 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 because he, he didn't dive. He didn't get the first down, right? So Matt Ryan and like, and then he fumbled, and then he got like three yards short. He slid three yards short of first down. So all of that happened as the clock was running. And Jeff Saturday, the former Get Up panelist, an NFL Live contributor, an ESPN personality who Jim Ursay decided he was going to make a head coach for reasons known to absolutely nobody other than it's his buddy, decided he wanted to take those three timeouts with him. He had timeouts in his back pocket, and it was just like, no, nah, we'll just let the clock tick. So last night in the mo- they had plenty of time to stop the clock, get things done, set things up. Matt Ryan was actually doing pretty well. And one thing I don't understand about football, I get can, can the player not call timeout? Can someone on the field not just go, hey, Jeff, you don't know what the hell you're doing. I'm going to call timeout. I've been a quarterback <laughs> in this league for 20 years, and I've been to the Super Bowl. I'm going to call timeout. Everyone was just like, sure, NFL Live contributor, get up guy. I'll just not call timeout and try to run this offense here in the final segment. Of course, it's an absolute disaster. Last night after the game, and I think they wound up finishing the game with like two timeouts, which is just so absurd. The Steelers wind up winning by a score in a, in a game of just terrible football teams. But after the game, he's like, oh, it's no big deal. I thought I, we, I thought we had plenty of time. Time wasn't an issue for us. We were moving the ball just fine. Okay, Jeff, next morning, he's getting obliterated by all of his buddies on ESPN and all of these people who we thought were his friends, like, yo, dude, this was stupid. Why didn't you call timeout? And, of course, this afternoon, yeah, I should have called timeout. My bad, dog. Like, yeah. Jeff, come on, man. Like, and, and, I, and all I look at the Colts is like, what did you expect? Like, what did you expect? This is what you have when you have the guy who sits next to Mike Greenberg running your football team. You have an opportunity to win a game here, and you don't do it. You have a quarterback out there busting his ass. And, again, I'm going to criticize Matt Ryan for this. Call timeout. You, you're the freaking quarterback. Just go, hey, Jeff, what? hey, no, timeout. Like, what are we doing? You could have done it yourself. You got more experience as a coach than he does. Just call timeout and keep it moving. But instead, you lose. And it's it's just a – you just look at it. Like, this is this was on Monday night football. This wasn't tucked away at 1 p.m. on a Sunday. This was on Monday night football, and that's what you're putting out there to the world. Two already bad, underachieving football teams and that coaching job from that guy. Uh, you know, when they – Gave him that job. I don't think they thought like two or three weeks in it would be. They they just weren't thinking that it was going to be a nationally televised like in front of everyone. Although, like, let's be honest, everyone watches every every game. You know, like because of the the red zone, we're all watching games nonstop, and so you see these things. I Mm -hmm. just it's it's disappointing, but it's I think it's more disappointing. Even if you look at it this way, you're you're literally playing against the team that that invented the Rooney rule uh, with this guy that just got the job from, for no reason. Like, like there wasn't even like a process, right? They didn't even like no. go out and, and Hey Jeff, you want to coach for a couple of weeks? Come on in, He's man. An interim, I, I guess, but yeah, 
that's yeah, not not great, not great, Bob. Of all the nights, too, Zorn brings up a good point. Of all the nights for there not to be a Manning cast, it's when his former center was the oh. head coach. Oh, that would have that just would have been fantastic. We've yeah, seen said something. We've mm-hmm. well, we've seen Peyton yell at Jeff Saturday before. <laughs> yeah, I'll call the damn plays. You block. I'll call the plays, which is one of the, one of the all time great clips uh, in NFL live history or NFL media history. Do you? Who do you think is the best team in in football right now? Man, I don't know. It fluctuates from one week to the next. I mean, I, the Chiefs are still going to be really tough to beat. Uh, Niners are, you know, starting to roll. Um, I don't know. Like it, the the Eagles are are phenomenal right now you know stats wise and like whether they can carry that through the playoffs who knows but um you know they're a team that's winning and yeah i I think there are a lot of it's still pretty wide open we're we're still too early in the season especially with the 17th week where you just don't really want to commit to to anyone being great because they could have two or three bad weeks where you're like "Eh, that's you know i i don't know like is, is that what happened last year where Tom Brady didn't have a great like final couple of weeks of the season and it cost him an MVP to Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, wasn't anywhere near statistically the same player. And yeah, so I, I like to wait until it's a little closer because uh, I remember years ago where the Niners didn't make the playoffs and, but they had rattled off like six straight wins and they were probably, they would have won the Super Bowl. They were playing that well if they would have actually made it under like I think Steve Bono, uh, Bono, Bono, Bono. Uh, Bono. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, but you know, I'll just chalk that up as one of Kenny's uh, many, many should have won Super Bowls. Oh yeah, there you go, that, there you go, Kenny. If you're listening, we're up there, yeah, we're up to we're up to thirteen now. Jeez, yes, number seventeen, number seventeen in the Forty ers should have won Super Bowl list. Them, them, and the them, the 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 Forty Niners and the uh, Celtics are both going for banner number eighteen now in Kenny's mind. Banner, banner number eighteen uh, on the way, and James. You're you're right. It does fluctuate week to week, which is why we do power rankings. This is a big rich town. I just come from the poorest part. James, I'm guessing you have no idea what what that music is. That's right. So the the joke is, James, we're doing power rankings, and that's from a show called Power. Okay. There's probably a, 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 a hundred people watching or listening right now who had no idea that that's why we use that music for this. Um, but I'll give you my top five teams in, in, the, in the NFL right now. Team number five. So last week I had the Chiefs at number one, Ravens at number two, Cowboys at number three, Dolphins at number four, and the Eagles at number five. This week, and I had said that the 49ers are getting really close to playing themselves in. I decided to go Bills over 49ers at number five. Really, really close. I think the 49ers are right there, as I've said. I think the 49ers are one of the two best teams uh, in in the in the NFC, but they're not quite there yet because I got to give respect where it's due, and, and we'll get there. Uh, Dolphins get a win this weekend, uh, as they should, uh, but I, I had them slotted at number four last week. I still got them slotted at number four this week. Got the Eagles at number three. Anytime you beat uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, uh, you've got my support. I moved the Cowboys up to number two. I thought their Thanksgiving win was impressive. And in the long run, 
I believe the two best teams in the NFC are not the Cowboys and the Eagles. They're the best right now in the power rankings. But in the long run, I think the two best teams in the NFC are the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. Number one, and this hasn't changed now uh, for three straight weeks, and it probably could have been longer, but I was trying to give the Eagles their respect, uh, is the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the team to beat in the NFL in terms of the Super Bowl is, again, Patrick Mahomes and, and, and the Kansas City Chiefs. And, yeah, I think the three strongest MVP candidates are in my power rankings. Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Hmm. And I okay. think it's Patrick Mahomes' award right now. But... Tua tonga is going to open a whole lot of eyes if they beat the San Francisco 49ers. And the fact that that defense hasn't given up a second-half touchdown in four straight games, and that 49ers defense, they haven't, given up a, they haven't given up a touchdown. They haven't given up a score in four straight second halves. They haven't given up a score in six straight quarters. The defense has been phenomenal. If, if Tua tonga has his way with them, and there's going to be a lot of Tua love uh, coming up on Monday. Hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a, a big time. Yeah, I mean, I it's could the biggest see game of the week, I think. In. Yeah, I, I think people got bored with giving Patrick Mahomes MVP. You know, it became like, well, we can't just keep giving it to Giannis, right? Um, Which is ridiculous. And now it's like, well, we can't just keep giving it to Jokic, right? And it's like, well, I have not heard that conversation. It's weird. <laughs> like they said it about Giannis, but I haven't heard them say that about Jokic. And yeah. He doesn't deserve to be out of the conversation. Just like Giannis has never deserved to be out of the MVP conversation, Jokic doesn't deserve to be out of the MVP conversation. Um, his, his numbers are down a little bit from where they were. but Jokic yeah, yeah. or Giannis? But still, I mean, Kansas City is 9-2. And, two, and I mean, the yardage and everything that, that Mahomes is putting up is is crazy. I know because I have, I've had him in fantasy football for the last five I, years. I, I, I think Patrick Mahomes got brought – Media-wise, got brought back down to earth a little bit uh, after the beatdown in the Super Bowl, and, and then like some things didn't go their way last year, and then you know getting eliminated in the playoffs. I, I, I think it's it's brought kind of a it's helped spark a bit of a Patrick Mahomes uh, resurgence here. But I, I think this that team with that coach uh, is very very scary. Uh, we'll come back. We'll reset things. Uh, we'll talk about. Uh, the Sacramento Kings. A great note from Deuce Mason uh, on Night Chat last night that I want to pass along to you uh, and get your thought on it um, regarding the Kings' assists last night. So we'll have that. Uh, Jason Jones coming up in about 30 minutes. Much more ahead uh, as James Ham sits in for KC here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. D-Lo and KC. D-Lo and KC continues on ESPN 1320. A couple of uh, NBA notes here uh, before James and I get into the game tomorrow that will control the fate of the universe. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich has been upgraded to doubtful. I point that out because according to this headline, Bogdan Bogdanovich has been upgraded to doubtful for the first time this season. So you're saying there's a chance. God bless it. I, you know what that I, means, right? No, a, I and don't officially, know. Officially, there is a 25% chance that he plays a game. 
So if you're probable, it's 75%. If you're questionable, it's 50%. And if you are doubtful, there's a 25% chance that you will play. That, um, those are the NBA standards. Unless you're John ja Morant playing the Kings and you'll just be upgraded from out to doubtful to probable to in in just consecutive hours. Three seconds. It's like, yeah. like, I'm Three in. seconds or less. Let's, let's roll. Uh, one thing we didn't touch on yesterday, we were talking about the team during the commercial break, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks who, you know, I... Uh, they're, they just haven't gotten it together the, this season. They, well, I, I take that back. They've kind of been up and down uh, so far this season, and right now they're down. Uh, they went and signed Kemba Walker. Um, I'm not a guy who thinks Kemba Walker should be out of the league. I like Kemba Walker a lot, but I also recognize he hasn't seemed to have helped anybody in recent years. So I don't. I don't know what this – necessarily means for Dallas other than the fact that maybe they're trying to find that Jalen Brunson type maybe they're trying to fill that uh, Jalen Brunson void Um, but the Mavericks certainly looking for some sort of boost and they're hoping to get it from Kemba Walker yeah I'm not sure what Kemba's got left in the tank Um, I I would like to see if he can actually still play I mean I think that that's a big question mark Uh, it's just been so long since he's been asked to actually suit up and, and do anything um, I, you know, I, I've always liked Kimball Walker and if they can get him right and he can, you know, at least be a guy that can come off the bench and give you something, then that would be interesting, I guess. But, uh, I, I kind of liken him a little bit to Isaiah Thomas, where if you're going to have Kimball Walker on your team, you kind of need to hand the ball over to him for large stretches and let him do his thing. And I just don't know that he can still be that guy or that you have the team to do that with, if that makes sense. Speaking of not being able to be that guy, I think it was Brian Winhurst who posted this number earlier. Uh, Kawhi Leonard has been ruled out for the next two games, and I believe the number is – shoot, I should I should look at it. Is that against sure. Sack? He's going to miss a game on Saturday for sure? Uh, he's ruled out for the next two um, – no, it's Portland tonight and Salt Lake City. Uh, he they, he won't be going to Salt Lake City, so it's Portland and Utah. Okay, so he may play against the Kings on Saturday. He might. I he don't know. Time. But yeah. I I think Brian Winhurst's stat was Kawhi Leonard has missed one hundred and seven of the last one hundred and twelve games. Hmm. Yeah, that's not great. I think uh, he did. You know, he no, he didn't. No, he didn't play sack in 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 the. Uh, no, that was the Paul George forty point game. Yeah, he didn't play that one either. Mm-mm. No, he didn't play. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, like, I, I don't know if he'll ever be right at all. I don't even know if he, he's a player that will ever play like fifty games in a season. So, yeah, I, I mean, he's he definitely you know. He had a legitimate injury. The the knee injury was, you know, a torn ACL, and it came in the playoffs. But that's a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then he played, like, once or twice early in the season and hasn't played hardly at all since. Right. And that's the thing that, like, I, I, I've always understood the, the, the injury management, the load management of all of this. I've always understood it. 
but I didn't. It, it it felt like Kawhi got hurt again, but I don't think he got hurt again. They had always labeled this as part of the load management process, which is like, damn, like how much load managing are you doing? I mean, I remember Kawhi in his first game back talking about coming off the bench versus starting and how they did the math and how like coming off the bench makes so much more sense and um, uh, in, in terms of helping him get back and all of this different stuff. And then I don't feel like I've seen him since. Yeah, it's not, uh, you know. It's 106 out of the last 111. That's the official number from Ryan Winhurst. Inactive for the 106th time in the last 111 games. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't even know what to make of it because you're paying him a ton of money. And, yeah. and I guess you, it's like a sunk cost at this point. You're not even going to worry about it. But still, like, if you have aspirations of, like, winning a championship, your window is going to close because he's not playing. Yep. Yeah, you you absolutely have to have him uh, on the floor, and that's not happening. Um, as we uh, get back into the Kings here and the matchup tonight against the uh, tomorrow night against the Indiana Pacers, one interesting note to look back on that I'm curious to get your thoughts on. I heard... Uh, Deuce Mason referenced this on Night Chat. Um, we always look at the assist number pretty closely, and the Kings, even in losses, have been uh, spectacular at moving the ball. And they topped that, you know, we, we've kind of, it's the Steve Kerr number that I always keep in my head, that 30 plus number. And they topped that last night with 32 assists. Uh, the problem seems to be they had 22 of those 32 assists in the first half. And we don't like to do math on this show, but the math on this one's pretty easy. That means they had 10 assists in the second half. Um, and I think a lot, <laughs> a lot of that can be equated to the start of the third quarter, but certainly not all of it. That is just a drastic difference uh, in ball movement and made shots from 22 down to 10. Yeah, they didn't have an assist for, I think, the first six minutes of the second half. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think it was until... They brought Monk in, and so that was even a little bit deeper into the third quarter. Um, yeah, it, the ball got sticky. I don't know what the, why this happens to them. And, you know, I'll say teams make adjustments, right? Sure. So, like, we want to talk about De'Aaron Fox having a rough night. He was also going up against uh, Mikhail Bridges, and Bridges was on him the whole entire time. Like, there wasn't, uh, like, a moment that I saw where Fox was able to get loose. And we're talking about a dude who's – you know, like six inches taller and has like a seven foot three wingspan and, and can move like a guard. So like, there's no shame in having a bad night if you're Fox is offensively. Um, but, you know, at the same time, the ball has got to move and, and players have to move for this offense to work. And every once in a while, everything like screeches to a halt with this team. And I'm not sure what it is. Is it, is it a shot not going in? Do you think it's a, you know, is it the, the the constant need to see the ball go through the net? Like if you if you run the offense for a few possessions and it's not falling or, you know, the shot's not falling, turnover here, next possession, uh, you get a good look, the shot doesn't fall. It's, you know what, let's just, I, I got to go, I, I got to go down and get us one. And then all of a sudden the extra pass isn't there anymore. 
Uh, all of a sudden, the offense never gets into a flow. All of a sudden, um, you know, the two-man game doesn't spread out to everybody else on the court. It just stays between the two. And you start chasing. You start chasing just the one basket, and because you can't get it, one minute becomes two minutes, becomes three minutes, becomes four minutes, because one possession became three possessions, became six possessions. Yeah, but, like, I, I kept watching, and they weren't getting good shots. They weren't moving the ball. They weren't, like, finding the same things that they were in the first half. And, I mean, I, I, again, you can make adjustments, but you should not be able to completely stop what a team is doing because it's not like the Kings were shooting the lights out from outside, and that's why they were in the game, and that's why they had 22 assists. They were scoring at the rim the entire game, and, like, everything they were getting was in the paint. Like, the points in the paint battle in that game was nuts because both of them were really, really high. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for, like, first half, I thought the Kings would have a huge advantage, and I looked, and I think it was 40 to 40. Like, every everyone was getting to the basket on both sides, and uh, they figured out how to turn the faucet off, and the Kings didn't. And I think that's how it was. And, again, they uh, the Suns didn't have the same assist numbers that the Kings had. But, uh, you know, 22 uh, assists on, like, 28 made baskets in the first half it was it was wild because i know they set the they tied their franchise record with 39 assists early in the season and i actually thought that they were going to beat it mm -hmm. uh you know when they got to 22 it, it was 20 with like like three and a half minutes left in the second quarter and the uh sons uh they finished with with, with with 26 so they they obviously were moving the ball around the points in the paint battle finished at 64 to 58 uh in favor of the kings um 64 to 58 and i told you earlier i felt like sabonis was just so good um around the basket early in the game that it felt like he had i i like you couldn't have told me without a box score in front of me that, that Sabonis didn't have 30. It felt like he was scoring and scoring pretty easily, and that's probably what part part of it is, is we've seen Sabonis at different times throughout the year struggle, have to work really, really hard to get his baskets. Um, last night it felt like everything was easy for him, and I think in my mind that amplified what he was doing. Not the ease of it. It was, oh, yeah, Sabonis is supposed to be, got to be at like 22, 23 right now. Now he wound up finishing with when he was seventeen. Yeah, but he was effective. I mean, he, he he's super effective. He needs to be a little more selfish. He's had like maybe five games this season where he's right on a triple double and just can't get over the top. Mm -hmm. I thought he was going to have a triple double in that game. I think he's got twenty four career triple doubles, something like that. So one rebound like short last night. Yeah, you're just waiting for the moment. It was one rebound, not one assist. Yeah, he had 10 assists uh, last night and yeah. nine nine rebounds. Yeah, boy, they could have used that one rebound at that one time. Would have been yeah. nice. And it's yeah. like, a, it, it, and and that's no different than, you know the, uh, the not the you know the referee calls the Kevin Herter Clay Thompson foul. It's oh, does it? You get an offensive rebound doesn't mean the Kings win. Oh, Clay Thompson, you call a foul on Clay Thompson. It doesn't mean the Kings win. It means you have an opportunity. And that the you know the 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 two non-calls in those respective games took away opportunities uh for the Kings. The And then the final play of the game? Mm. And then like. th this one this one here, this this offensive rebound here took away an opportunity, 
for them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it. the Kings were down five with, like, six and a half seconds left, right? That final play was, like, uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. They threw the ball into the post to Harrison Barnes, and he just, like, didn't know where to go with it. No one moved. Everyone stood there, like... Mm-hmm. And he didn't even get a shot off. He had like six and a half seconds, and I think Monk it, like got the shot off after after the whistle. I, I think was there like, was a. I think there was a. What do we do here? I that, I don't. Yeah, we haven't like, really talked about that was, part. I, he was like the twelfth option on his leg or something, and he got the ball. Like, <laughs> why did I just get the ball? Like, I'm I'm over here by the by the basket. And, and then it was like everyone was just standing around like, why has Harrison got the ball? And it's like, what are you doing? Shoot it. Do something. Come on, little fella. Yeah. Yeah. You need a <laughs> – I, I admire the broadcast team last night because Katie was like, oh, there's plenty of time. We saw how quickly they scored on the, on the, on the last possession with the steal and Mark. God bless Mark Jones. He was just like, yeah. I think they're a little short on time. <laughs> oh, like, Mark. Hey, Katie's optimism, man. She was trying. I, I, what she said was accurate, like the, how quickly they scored, but the circumstances were very different. And Kings fought till the end. Katie was going to fight to the end. And I was just like, I don't, I, don't, I don't think this is the same. And I, th- I think Harrison Barnes felt the same way. Like, what is going on down here? He's uh, like, you all know I haven't shot the ball at all all night long or for the man. last three games, so what are you doing? One and of it, four. Goodness gracious. Again, and he didn't. He hasn't made a three-pointer in, in three games. He's 0 for 3 over three games. Like, the fact that he hasn't taken any, like, what is going on again? Like, you thought he'd pulled out of it, and now we're right back into this this gully, but I, I, again, it speaks to a larger issue that this Kings have, a team has that when you, you know, when one thing breaks, it affects everything else. And that's, that's, you know, like when the Suns have one thing break, they still have Devin Booker who can get you like 40 any given night. And I, I think Fox can too, but in a different way, he needs the other players to help him. So, so I want to, I want to elaborate. I want you to elaborate on that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 